Blog Talk Radio. Life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. Welcome. It's this is Jillian Moss Backman, and in the last couple of weeks, I've been chatting about my intuitive theme for 2013, which is about relationships. I was talking on a show a couple of weeks ago about not allowing yourself to get caught up in what the traditional meaning of relationships mean in your mind. And I really want you to go back and listen to all the different possibilities that I talked about on that show that aired January 3rd. You can find it at Change Already on Blog Talk Radio and my website, JillianMossBackman.com, which is J-I-L-L-I-A-N-M-A-A-S-B-A-C-K-M-A-N.com. Why I ever started the whole name business is beyond me. I know it's kind of hard, but once you find it, it's easy to find. I want to use this time in the beginning for a program note because I've been doing them at the end when I wrap up the show, but I end up racing through everything. So I want to make sure that I get this in for sure. Last year was a really rough year for violence and mass shootings and stuff. And in particular, we've talked about in the past the mass killings at Oak Creek Temple and the shooting, the latest one at Sandy Hook Elementary, about a month ago. One of the criticisms that was voiced throughout the country right now is that we have a very short attention span. You know, we have one of these events, and then we talk about it, we talk about it, it's all over the media coverage. It's almost inundates our brain, our minds, and our hearts, quite frankly, for a couple weeks, and then it fades to the wayside till something else comes up and brings this whole issue to the forefront. Well, luckily, it's not happening this time with all the gun control and all the other things. I don't really want to get involved with that. But what I do want to talk about is that As some of you may know, I've been directly involved in the Oak Creek Temple shootings. And when it happened about six months ago, I did one specific show and then dropped it. I wasn't interested in being a part of the whole media frenzy that was going on or being a part of any of the outside activities that were going on just because I wanted to do my own soul-searching on it and figure out how all of that fit in my own life because one of the things I didn't talk about up to this point was Chapter 10 in my book, Beyond the Pews. And in Chapter 10 is specifically about the community at Oak Creek Temple and the relationships I've had as a Christian woman involved for now about 14 years in that temple, um, the community specifically. So for the first time, I'm going to be talking about this on air with 
Dr. Lori Roth on her show next week, January 23rd at 7 p.m. Look her up, Dr. Lori Roth. I'm going to be talking about my book, and it has examples of the community of Sikhs in there throughout the book, but specifically Chapter 10. And I've also asked to take a friend along with me, who is Dr. Satwant Dillon, and he has been on my program in the past. He did a great show on destiny, so we'll see how this all goes. And I'll keep you posted as more events come along, but the latest one is January 23rd and the Dr. Lori Roth show, H-R-O-T-H. It should be an interesting discussion. I'm going to be a part of her new segments called Author, Author, Talking About My Book. So I want to keep on this vein, and we're talking about relationships, so let's go back to that. My kitty passed away last week, and I had her for about 16 years, and I was talking about those special bonds that are indescribable. And one of those, of course, is the love that we have for animals. I think people love to talk about animals because the energy of them is so simple and pure and precious every day. So when I was searching and thinking about a subject I wanted to cover this week, I found out and realized that Saturday, January 19th, is designated National Day of Service. It's a yearly event that was, it's been, I think, now for six years, dedicated to the Martin Luther Project. And to keep his legacy alive, um, I'm not sure if you understand all of his legacies. He had so many different projects going on, but he always posed this question to every American, what are you doing for others? And when I was reading that specific question this week, it's such a simple question, but yet it's so profound that we should keep it in our hearts and our minds on a daily basis. And I think the whole thing on Saturday is about this. How can we keep giving back? So when I lost my kitty and I found out it was National Service Day, I really wanted to find a guest that represented both parts of that ideology out there. And I want to bring on my guest this week. Her name is Susan Reinholz. And she is the epitome of what a good volunteer is and how she's been giving back to her community in a specific way. She's been volunteering now for about four years at the Valley of the Kings Sanctuary and Retreat in Wisconsin. And it's a large facility that houses over 50 rescue large cats and other animals. And a couple months ago, she invited me to come out. And it was overwhelming to see her relationship that she has developed between the people that work there, but more importantly, the animals. So with that, I'm going to invite my guest, Susan Reinholz, to tell us a little bit about Valley and the King. And then we're going to talk about how to find your own niche in the volunteer service on Saturday. Welcome, Susan. Hi, Jillian. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> I know that was kind of a long-winded thing, but I had to get it all out. 
let's start with Valley of the Kings Sanctuary and Retreat Center in Wisconsin first. You put it in your words. Um, Valley of the Kings is, to me, it's it's a it's an amazing place, and I am so blessed that I found it. Um, I have a great love of animals. People that know me know that, and I came to a point in my life where I wanted to give more back. My children were grown, and um, what better for me than to find a place with animals? Um, I go out there every Sunday. I spend six to nine hours of doing heavy labor, um, farm chores, which is cleaning, feeding, you know, whatever projects need to be done. And it's so rewarding. It's very caring, but it's rewarding because the love the animals have for you and appreciate, and you can see the appreciation in their eyes when when you're walking down the walkway and you say, hey, how's my baby boys? And you have these two, you know, <laughs> 600, 700-pound cats running up to the fence to say hello, some love. That's what it's all about. You know, you, you just give of yourself and, and the appreciation back is is worth more than anything in the world. You know, it's when I went out there, I have to be honest with you, Susan, I was a little taken back because this is not a – Zoo. This is a place where rescue animals have been surrendered. There's a blind horse. There's a camel. There's goats. There's all these different animals that have been persecuted or had some issues in the past and have been surrendered to this place. So for me, it was gut-wrenching, but for you, you just kind of glowed when you were there how do you do that every week it's it's unbelievable i'm just i'm guided by by love for the animals <laughs> that's all i can say it just makes me emotional <laughs> um, when i when i go to those gates you know and, and every sunday you know we all all got to you know it's cold outside there's an ice storm i would much rather be sitting on the couch under a blanket watching movies drinking hot chocolate you know, but once you get in the car and you get there and you walk through those gates, it, it, you're surrounded just by peace and love, and that's just what guides you through the whole day. It just it makes it all so worth it to to give up your time and your day for, for those animals because you know how much they appreciate it when they show you that love back. How do you think by volunteering at your specific location that you've chosen – makes you a bigger and not better, but a wiser human being towards the rest of the world? I, well, I believe that animals teach us. They, they teach us unconditional love and patience, and they the messages they give us just by the unconditional love is, is to me, is, is what it's all about. Um, just appreciation, unspoken appreciation um, is there. I don't know how to put it. It's, it's one of those things you really can't fit into words and you sort of can, but it's just that inner feeling that you get um, of giving of yourself. You know, and I agree with what you're saying because I think a lot of Americans have gotten to the place where when you talk about volunteerism, you're talking about two components either time or money. And a lot of people are more apt to give money than time now. 
because time in some aspects is more important than money has become. And so one of the things that strikes me about your particular thing is that you've been doing it for years now and giving time more or less than money. And I think that's an issue that people are trying to figure out when you ask them to volunteer in service, can't I just give money? Right. And, and that's what the, I wrote in my notes that time is just as valuable as money, especially in organizations like that. And in many organizations, time is so much more valuable than money. Of course, they need the money to run the business or the organizations, or um, but time is what really what makes it the world go round. Yeah, and I'm I'm disappointed in that. Now, I was looking at some statistics, and it kind of varies from place to place, but it seems like 44% of all Americans do some kind of volunteer work in a year, but there's only about 29% of people that do it on a regular basis like you do. And I think one of the things we talked about, Susan, is, Going to seeing large cats and shoveling manure in the snow is not something that I could do. But there's so many other ways to volunteer. Part of the issue is it's trial and error, don't you think? Oh, exactly. It's definitely trial and error because not everyone can find what's right for them. They, they Many people admire me for what I do, but they're not into the big, heavy physical labor or being out in the elements. So there's there's something for everyone. But again, like you said, it's, it's trial and error and finding what their special niche is. And it's that first moment, the initial walking through the door. I think there's some apprehensiveness about what are you going to find. And you have to keep trying till you find your niche. I mean, you know, like I said, it's not my thing that I that you would be doing, but how do we, both of us, because I volunteer as well, how can we encourage people to get out there and find their niche of what they can do for other people? Well, I honestly think people need to be honest with themselves. Um, they need to know what they have to give, what makes them happy, and if, if they try something and it doesn't work, be honest with that organization and yourself and just say, okay, you know what, this fit really isn't for me. Let me see what else is out there. Don't ever give up because there's something there that's going to make you happy and be the right fit for you. Uh, there's, that I have is. List, yeah, I have Go lists ahead. and lists of simple things that, that, you know, anyone, any age can start with and just kind of grow and, and see what resonates with you. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great idea. Make a list of what you are, you know, what calls you to do things. Like for me, I'm a little more personal, Susan. I prefer to give back to individuals that I know that need help or people in my inner circle that I meet along the way and I'm not so much in being public about it, because, but that's me because I live in the public and I prefer to give 
and give back to people privately. So it doesn't necessarily have to be this over-the-top, I'm involved in a big organization. I think you have to be creative when you're talking about volunteering. Well, you know, they they are actually if you you know, if you go to your employer and there's actually a wonderful um online uh site that's called volunteermatch.org. And I saw plug, that one. Yeah, you can plug in all the things that you're interested in. You can you can do something physical, you can do something online, and they'll they'll steer you towards something that matches your interests and you can go from there. I think it's one of the things as adults that we have to mentor. And so one of these places, like you said, volunteermatch.com or, or, or whatever it was, .org, is a very good place to start because it's non-obtrusive. In other words, you don't have to go somewhere and make a statement and go through the door. Figure out online, you know, here's one of these things on the Internet that at least helps a person to look and explore before they get there. I think that's a great idea. The second part that I really am secure about is how do you keep doing it? You've been doing it for four years. How do you keep yourself motivated to keep going? Love the animals. and, and And I love everyone there. I love the owners. I'll tell you, love makes it all go around, and, and that's just such a huge component of, of doing it. So the people are part of the process that have added to the wealth of love that you've been receiving as well. Right. It's very rewarding. It's 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 a big family. You know, humans and animals alike, we're all a family. And, you know, you and I, you mentioned that your kids are grown or, you know, on their way. Mine are too. And I think one of the things that we should do, Susan, is mentor to them, as Martin Luther King said, what can you do for others is a part. I think we get so caught up in making sure our kids are successful in business or get a good career or their relationship. I think this is an essential part that has to be taught to our kids as well. Oh, I agree. You know, I... I when Zach, my son was younger, um, and I started getting involved with real life, and I would I would uh, attend corporate capers for Special Olympics. I brought him along, and I and I had him become part of the set up and tear down of um, of the relay for life that type. Of, so he understood what was involved and what was the the scenes of of for these fundraisers. Um, I spoke to a young man on the phone yesterday. He was a customer service rep with a, a huge company, and he's a, a new parent. You know, married for about a year, four-month-old daughter. And he's like, "Well, you know, my life's really hectic now. I really want to help others. What do I do?" See, I, I talk to everybody about anything, and it just always comes up. So. <laughs> <laughs> you do do that. That's good, though. That's good. That's how I get people involved. But I said, you know, the simple things. Like such as myself, I have a lot of elderly neighbors. Take their garbage cans out for them. Bring them in once a week. Bring their newspaper up to their doorstep, their porch, to make it easier for them. Shovel their sidewalk, rake their leaves. A lot of them are on limited income, and they can't afford to have anyone shovel or rake for them. And it's such a simple gesture. 
um, and and they're so appreciative. And that's that's being of service. It doesn't cost you anything, but maybe a little bit of time out of your day once a week, um, every couple weeks, and and it makes you feel good, and it and it brings a lot of joy to that elderly person. There's just so many simple things that people don't realize. Um, that that's just again, I'm repeating myself. It's just a thoughtful gesture that is so appreciated, and it doesn't really cost words. Just a little bit of time. I know. I think people get caught up in you know. I've got if I go there, I'm going to be trapped for X amount of hours. I remember a couple years ago coming back from Chicago or going through the toll. And I got up to the toll booth, and the lady said, uh, you have no toll today. And I said, well, why would I not have any toll today? And she said, the car prior to you paid your toll for you. And it was those kind of gestures, and it was just out of the blue, just a kind gesture that some anonymous person did for me. But you know what's strange? It's I've, It stayed with me for a long time. Because everybody talks about doing one kind gesture for another person every day. And that just seems so simple, but I think we get so wrapped up in keeping with our schedule, staying on task, that we forget spontaneous moments of clarity of helping others is an important task as well. Right, and it doesn't have to cost us anything, I think, and people get tripped up on that also. Yeah, and, they, you know, and how do you feel? I mean, I feel fantastic after I give to someone else. Oh, I do, too. Even when you go to the grocery store and you're friendly to the checkout person because you know that's not the best job in the world, and they have to deal with everybody's and hygiene, and you just smile, talk to them. And it, and lift their day up, and that's that's such a, a huge thing and simple. Well, and one of the things that you wrote about last week, I think, on your blog, or you have a blog, right? Yes. What's it called? Animal Bond. <laughs> right. I think that you wrote about a young kid that you took to the rescue place, the Valley of the Kings, and you wrote about it. Can you tell me about that? Because I want to talk about young kids. Because guess what? Statistically, they are volunteering more than the adults in our lives. And I think young kids get a bad rap sometimes. But in this particular place, they're learning the lesson, and we should be learning from them. So take it away with that young boy. Okay. Um, I had a, a young man. He's 18 years old. Uh he gave me a call and said he wanted to come out and volunteer. So he met with me last Sunday. And big guy, football player, 18 years old. And I was really excited because I do a lot of heavy work, like cleaning stalls and, and hauling a lot of manure. And so I was like, yay, I was really excited. And what I found really wonderful about this young man was he did everything I asked him to do, which was hauling a lot of poo and a lot of heavy work. <laughs> never said, he never complained, he didn't whine. A lot of times, you know, oh, I need a break, and, you know, don't you ever stop, and that kind of thing. And I said, I don't take breaks because there's so much to do, but if you need one. And he's like, no, I'm good. 
And at the end of the day, we both ended up in, in the pole barn um, cleaning the stalls in there. And he had one of the bigger projects. And when we were all done and he put the shavings down, he just stood there with the biggest smile on his face. And then he was taking little videos because he was so thrilled to pieces with the little mini donkeys running and playing and rolling in the shavings. And I said, and I told him, I said, the long day, the hard work, and seeing this, the complete joy of the animals having a clean space and knowing that they're cared for is what makes this all worth it. And he, and he understood that. He got it. And he's back, which is which is huge. <laughs> That's they, really huge. Put people through what I do, they're kind of like, oh boy, I don't think I'm gonna, you know, like, is there anything else I can do that's not so bad? <laughs> and he wants yeah. to come back, so I was really excited because he understood what it's all about. Do you think he got that from his parents or his school? I mean, to be eighteen and that spiritually awakened and knowing that we have to help each other in relationships and animals as well, where in the world do you think this young boy got that wisdom? I'm sure a lot of it has to be at home. You know, I spoke to him, I asked him if he had animals, and he said he had two cats, and and that spoke a lot about him right there because he talked about it cats. There's not too many 18-year-old boys that will talk about their cats. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Right. And, and uh, you know, I could tell that he loved his animals and he cared for them. And, and you know, he's like, I would have dogs if I could have dogs. And, and once people show that love of animals, that says so much about them, whether they can have them at home or not. Um, it speaks volumes to a person's um, inner light, you know. How they feel about animals is is just speaks volumes. That is such a sweet story because when I was doing research for the show in particular, I was reading story after story of kids between the ages of 12 and 18 now that are really starting to step up and do the volunteer work. And on Saturday, you know, the National Volunteer Day, there are places for people in all 50 states, you know, sponsored by the president and their coalition all over that range from young kid projects to senior projects. So there's really no excuse for not getting out on Saturday and doing some work and finding your niche. I like the idea that the young people are leading the pack in this. I'm a little, I don't want to use the word embarrassed, Susan, but it should be the other way around, don't you think? <laughs> I think so. I think our age group, we're so caught up in, in uh, money and, and thinking we don't have enough time um, where the, the kids are more open and, and realizing that they do have to give back. And I think a lot of them are so much more spiritually aware now, and that makes it Yeah, difference. I think you're right. And, you know, when I use the word spirituality, I'm not talking about a religious faction, but, of course, the religious faction has always been about giving back. But I'm talking spiritual as in they have a calling like this young boy for some reason to go with the animals at the sanctuary 
and you happen to be aware enough spiritually to understand he must have some kind of calling and relationship with the animal kingdom that I talked about a couple weeks ago. So kudos to you. The other thing I want to add is, Susan, sometimes I think people worry about their image and their reputation if they don't go to a high-profile place. And don't take this wrong, Susan. You know, shoveling manure and, and <laughs> you know, working in the fields out at Votex is not probably a fancy image, you know, making kind of place. But if you go there, you'll see that. Right, it's when I stop at the gas station on the way home and I look like I've been through the mill and, and uh, walked through a few hay bales. That I might be, I, I tend not to be self-conscious, but I can only imagine what other people think when I walk out of my car. I guess you're not worried about image and or reputation, but the spirit work that you're doing is good karma, my friend. We're just about out of time. Can you go ahead and give us the uh, actual uh, site, website for Votex and how they can get a hold of it? And more importantly, how can they volunteer on Saturday? Okay. Or any um, day. Was, Sorry. Okay. It's org. All the information that you would um, require is on the website regarding membership um, and volunteering. You would have to be a member in order to volunteer. Um, You do need to apply um, to be a volunteer. There's a screening process. um, And they just want to make sure that that you have the time, um, what your your values are, um, your connection with animals, you know, which makes total sense because you're committing a lot of time and they're putting your trust and taking care of these animals that they've cared for for the last 39 years. Um, so, again, everything's on there as far as membership, sponsorship, volunteering. Um, they always need – there's a whole site about, you know, you can bring blankets and food and other things that they need. So, again, it's VOTK.org. And thank you for letting me put that plug in. Yeah, thanks, Susan. We're all out of time. But thank you for joining us on air. And you can also find them on Facebook. So remember, between now and then, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. And volunteer somewhere on Saturday for the National Day of Service. See you next week. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before. Just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already.